When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Um, today we have a very special guest. Um, we have Neil Renna, the special teams coordinator and safeties coach at Eastern Illinois. Coach, how you doing? Great. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, coaches uh, recently spoke at the Illinois Clinic, and we're working on getting them for actually by the time the, eh, by the time this post, I think the Ohio Clinic will just started. Um, so. Coach will be hopefully on there along with a couple other Eastern Illinois coaches. Um, but for coaches who don't know really know about you or haven't uh, had a chance to talk to you, Coach, can you kind of give a little bit of your background on how you ended up at Eastern Illinois? Yeah, I'm uh, originally from the south suburbs um, of Chicago, high school called Lockport. Uh, my, I went to Heidelberg and Tiffin. I graduated there in 2011. Uh, I was in the Navy after after college, um, after the Navy, man, career in the Navy. I got into... I didn't know what I wanted to do next, so I knew that uh, if I went to grad school, I could coach and get a master's. So I went to Kansas Wesleyan, coach safeties there. After that, I was actually spent uh, about three months in Latrobe at St. Vincent College, and then uh, volunteered at Northwestern uh, with recruiting. I uh, did that for nine months. Got the got a GA on the field um, at University of Missouri, and was there for you fought four years. And Coach Cushing, who was O line coach at um, Eastern Illinois, or online coach in Northwestern got the head job at Eastern Illinois and ended up getting back with a bunch of guys I work with at Northwestern. Okay. Um, was uh, Myers Hendrickson there when you were at Kansas Wesleyan? He came in the staff after us, okay. but I know him. Okay. I didn't know. I've been talking to a couple of their guys over there. Uh, so I was just curious. Yeah, um, they, they do the right man. There's some smart coaches. Oh yeah. Um, so kind of today we're going to talk some shield punt. Um, uh, Coach, Coach and I kind of talked about a couple of subjects before uh, we kind of settled on this. He's, he's doing some really good things special teams-wise, a uh, big advocate of learning and pushing others to learn. So I'm going to kind of like I have the past couple episodes, um, just let Coach uh, do his presentation. And then um, as we go through this, if I have any questions, I'll ask him or I'll just kind of save him the end. But um, Coach kind of sent me this last night, and I kind of looked over and some really good stuff. So, Coach – um, the floor is yours, sir, and I'll kind of, like I said, ask as, as we kind of go. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to do it. Uh, when I was at Heidelberg, I actually had the, – the reason I like special teams is Brian Moore was the head coach at Wilmington. Kyle was now – he just had a, a unique way of making every player feel like they had a role, and your role was either 80 plays on defense or it was 27 plays on special teams. And it's just, um, I just had such a great experience for him. It, I, I kind of always knew in the back of my mind that special teams would be an area of, the fo- of area of football I would really enjoy coaching because I had that great experience. 
Uh, so jumping into that, um, I enjoy doing these just because I think what we do is really good and I think can help everybody and I just like talking about it. So I'm not a really big um, throw things on the screen and give you eight slides of philosophy. I, I, I'm short and sweet with it. And I think if you do it effectively, you can you can be good. Uh, the one, number one is simplify your scheme. You got to work really hard at keeping things simple. It's not being lazy and just doing one thing. It's it's working hard and having multiple things uh, relate to one core concept. And then the other one that I learned from our head coach here, and it, it it's really it's motivated me and made me more excited about special teams is you got to maximize the coach's skills. So what I mean by that is for the front line shield in a, uh, a front line and a shield punt. We, we're, we zone block up front. So we have a, our head coach, an O-line go, guy. We have obviously an O-line coach. We have an O-line GA. So the front line base reach bucket steps is all offensive line play. So why would you not use your offensive line coaches to coach the zone blocking up front? We've done that. And now when I watch special teams play, I watch front line, I can see all the things that people miss just because they're not maximizing the coaches they have. And with that, use your wide receiver coach to work with your gunners they're going to get pressed by PBR pump block return teams by their corners. So use your corner coach for that spot, but use your wide receiver uh, to get off the releases on the punt team. Um, same thing would go with heavy D line coach teach the arm over shrug releases for your front line, because if you get hold up, then you're using the same, they're using the same words and kids know how to do it. Cause defensive line coaches won't do it teaching them. And then for kickoff, linebacker coaches can tease their button press for the final phase, the combat zone, getting off blockers. And then corners coach, you already hit. And then a non-negotiable is play hard. You have to have your way to make kids play hard. You can have production boards. You can have hammer hit of the week or whatever it is. But you got the non-negotiable is you have to play hard to play on, the, on this unit. And it's your job as a coach to inspire kids and motivate them to want to play hard for the person next to them. All right, so... This is the same install we'll do with our players. Now I have packets of, of detailed things for every position, but I think, I don't think at the human learning process, kids are capable of holding the best minds are three to six things in the working memory at one time. So I try to honestly keep it to about three. They have to know what, how, and why, and it's gotta be short because they're not going to pay attention to lo uh, long. So uh, you can see there, we'll do two yard splits with our guards and tackles, and then we'll, our, and then we'll do a three yard split with our left end from our tackle. Now, some schools do two, two is fine. The reason I do three is just to elongate that uh, block point, stretch that front line as far as you can. A lot of times on the backside, so if you're playing left end in this picture here, and the C defender, C gap player is cheated on the left tackle, you're gonna have to cheat your split, that's fine. But just a general rule, if you can go two, twos and threes, you'll be solid up there. And then um, front line, the toes on the center seals can't break the belt buckle of the snapper. The left shield now, your inside foot to your right foot is gonna be aligned directly behind the snapper's left foot. And then um, the right shield, now this one's important. The, the inside foot of the right shield has to be one foot from the snapper's near foot. I have why there is just because it's important to teach those guys. The reason is because you need that shield to be as long as you can. Now, it can't be too long, so you're going to get penetrated inside. But if you're too tight, your edges are going to be too short. So one foot split there. And then we'll have our middle shield behind the, the long snapper facing the right shield. I've seen a bunch of different ways to do it. Originally, I had three across sliding shield. I think that's really good if you get into rugby punts right and left. 
uh, but just for simplicity purposes and making the kick point as consistent as possible, if you hinge that guy in, that kick, kick point can always be on the call side hip or the middle shield. Some guys will face that dude to the line of scrimmage. Also fine. That's just how we do that. Now, this this is these are things um, that are oftentimes like one of those sheets that you go over quick, but this is the most important thing about a punt team for the outside of the, the snap and the kick is the stance of the frontline player. So square stance, feet no wider than your shoulder pads. You, um, offensive line play, if your feet are too wide, then you're gonna you're either gonna step onto yourself or your base can be too wide. So you need to have a a square stance, no wider than shoulder pads, so you can uh, have a positive first step. And this is another important one. You want to have weight on your plant foot. So as we're watching this presentation, I want everyone to pretend that they're the left guard on the punt team. We're going green, which means we're punting to the right. So if you're moving to the right, your plant foot is your left big toe. You want to be squeezing that big toe. That'll allow you to have a positive first step, which we'll get into why that's important in a second. Our hands are going to be on our thigh boards and elbows will be sewn to your jerseys. Knees bent, chest and eyes up. So the technique we'll do is the first thing, again, we're gonna play left guard throughout this presentation. We wanna identify the threats in our gap. Do you have one or two in your gap? We're, we're a zone blocking team. Some teams will do man blocking. I prefer zone blocking for a couple reasons. The main reason is if you effectively take two in the gap, then you may only have two on the shield. If you are a man blocking team, at any given time, you should have at least three on the shield. So you can face one less defender. And I also think it's easier to sort out stemming. Have a positive first step. Absolutely critical. Base reach bucket. Again, we're playing left guard. We're we're going green, green, green. So we're all stepping to the right. We're squeezing that left big toe. Our hands are on our thigh bars. Our elbows are under our jersey. Our chest and our eyes are up. When the ball is snapped, we're going to step up over a towel, gain ground, and a positive first step. You want to run out of your stance. You want to run right or left. A lot of time, kids will shuffle. Don't need to shuffle. Run out of your stance. Punch and run through who's ever lined in your gap. Destroy his chart. Now, again, this is a lot of words. So if your kids can just remember, squeeze your big toe, square stance, positive first step, and get them to just understand that who's ever running through your gap, you need to destroy it. Just run through the dude. Shoot your hat in your hands. Run through who's ever lying in your gap. Destroy his vertical charge. And what I say is face mask, your face mask, to his face mask, to coverage. All right, so again, we're, we are a gap protection scheme on both sides of the formation. The gap is defined as your call side shoulders to head up on your call side teammates. So we're playing left guard. We have a player that's on the call side shoulder of the long snapper. That is your gap. Once he goes head up, that uh, he's still yours. Once he moves to the opposite, Opposite side is no longer yours. It will go to the shield. Technique. So one man in a gap, you're going to have a positive first step. Uh, we're going to get into base reach, bucket step in a second, and how you differentiate between the three of those. You're going to punch and run your feet through him, face mask to face mask to coverage. There's an example of one man in your gap. How do I know what step to use? So this is a, this is a big one, and I have a really easy response for it. I got it from our offensive line coach, so what we'll have our kids do is we just have them put their arms out. If the player is on your shoulder, then it's a base step to him. If the player is inside your wingspan, you put that arm up, he's inside your arm, then that's a read step. If he's outside your fingertips, outside your wing step, 
that's a bucket step. So there's an example of one base, two reach, three bucket. And I'll, well, I'll have them do that. I mean, there's no, all these things may be redundant, but we squeeze our big toe, we'll put our hand up, we'll say base for each bucket, and we do it every day. So here's, like, here's a good example of it. So you can see the towel on the ground there. This is a really good example of a positive first step. I can tell you because he doesn't fall step. He doesn't step underneath himself. His base is solid, probably a little wide. Um, he's squeezing that big toe. I can see by the way he plants off it and he gets that foot up and over the towel. He's not shuffling. He's running through whoever, who's ever in his gap. That would be a base step because the man's on his shoulder. Now here would be a good example of reset. Again, look at his front foot. So I, 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 when you're watching punt teams um, these next couple of days, if, you, if you're able to see any end zone shots, watch their first step. I promise you, you will see a bunch of people. I have a couple examples here. That foot will go up and it'll go down. They won't gain any ground. You have to gain ground with that first step. you got to drill it every day, just like an offensive line would do. All right, so here's a couple more examples. This will be the bucket side. So this, if this picture here, we're punting gold to the left. So this is your backside end. And he's always going to have a bucket step because he's got to dig out who's ever lying in that C gap there. But again, if you look at his hands on his on his pockets, I'd probably put him on his thigh boards a little bit better for him. His positive first step, the foot is up, the foot is down. He's squeezing that big toe. I can tell by the picture and he's running over in his gap. That's a really good look. I like this before you get into um, aligning against bags or anything. Just put him out there and just, just do it on air. Just have them all step through their steps. You can see everyone's pos first positive first step. The foot is up, the foot is down, gaining ground, running through who's ever aligned in their gap. So if we have two players in a gap now, positive first step, base for each bucket. Now this one, we have to go face mask to face mask to the furthest man in your gap. So again, we're all playing left guard. We come up to the line. All right, we identify the threats in our gap. There's two. I know that I have to get face mask to face mask on the furthest man in my gap. He's outside my wingspan, so I'm going to have to use a bucket step. I need to squeeze that left big toe. I need to have a positive first step. Get the foot up, get the foot down in the ground. If you can't get to the furthest man, create a pinball. Now, you got to be careful telling them the pinball because then every one of them is going to try to just go pinball that guy. Uh, but... If you are naturally working to the furthest man in your gap, more times than not, you're going to knock the inside guy off as well. And if not, you still have your shield there that can, that can take three relatively easily. But if you effectively do this, you can keep it at two. So that would be an example of a bucket step to the furthest man in the gap. Face mask to face mask on the furthest man in your gap. Again, just because you can't do it enough, if the man is at your shoulders, face. The man is outside inside your wingspan, reach. Man is outside your wingspan, bucket. All right, so now the shield. Um, and going back just to the front line guys, typically those are linebackers uh, and, and safeties. And then your ends, which we'll get into in a second. Those are the best players on your football team. Uh, what we'll actually do is I'm going to take our four to six best players and I'm going to rotate them dudes in. And they're not, one player isn't going to take four punts a game. I'm going to rotate them in for a couple of reasons. A, Usually always older guys, seniors, they, if they want any prayer playing in the NFL, they better have some great special teams tape. And the easiest way to have great special teams tape is playing gunner on the punt team. So those guys will come to me begging for reps. So I, I'll make them feel like you only get so many. So when you're out there, you better bust, give it everything you got. Um, and then you keep those guys fresh and they're going to end up competing against each other. 
All right, so we're uh, for the shield. These are offensive and defensive line bodies, bigger tight ends if you have them. You secure inside gaps and you react to outside threats, protect the kick point. So a good coach you can have teach this would be your running back coach because that's what their world is. They're used to doing that. Whereas if you're a linebacker coach, you have never protected any inside out anything. So if you have a running back coach that can work with these guys, that's maximizing your coaching staff. If there's an inside and an outside threat, you want to punch inside and you want to surge to the outside threat. These are the same words we'll use with our field goal protection. As, and with our field goal stance, it'll be similar. Hands on your thigh boards, elbows under your jerseys. You try to keep things consistent throughout so you don't have to remember a bunch of things. Keep your shoulders square, your elbows tight. You want to put your screws below his screws. We use uh, keep your feet and eyes active. We use hot feet uh, just because it's the same thing. If we're playing press coverage, I will use hot feet right at the, when the ball snaps just because it gets your feet moving. When we're playing quarters and you get a, a skate step, a reset, whatever you want to call it, you get your feet moving because when your feet are moving, your eyes are moving and you're ready to play. So we'll use uh, uh, hot feet there. You want to step to contact. You want to stay firm and square. You can't give up any ground on the shield. So green is green is green for the front line and the shield. Green is to the right, gold is to the left. Always let the ball cross for you. Moving for the middle shield, gold. So here's a couple pictures. There's the protection of it. Let's go here. That's green. Your kick point is indicated by your star there. It's going to be the call side hip of the, of the middle shield, and that's critical because your pressure is going to be coming from the left in that picture. So if that kick point is not to the right a yard, you're going to be susceptible to a block. So the kick point is imperative. You can see the picture of these guys in here. This is a, a sliding shield, but it's no different. They're going to go inside, outside. You watch 55 does a good job of protect inside and then surge to the outside. Same thing with 46. Watch his first punch inside, surge to the outside. Now that's four on the shield. That shouldn't happen very often. Green is the punt to the right. Gold, you guessed it, punt to the left. Operational times is not as important of a slide, so we're going to go through this quick here. Um, usually, the operation if we can get an operation time about 2-2, two, two, I'm happy. Uh, I try to set lofty goals, and then our hang time goal is four, point, is four seconds to 40 yards. Again, if anywhere around there, I'm happy as long as we get out in the coverage. Um, operation time. And then just, this is just something you have to emphasize to your guys because the base reach bucket step, the hands on the thigh board, squeezing your big toe, none of that matters. If you're not snapping the ball, the punter, the ball's not kicked to the right place, the kick point, um, and then we're not getting down to coverage. So launch point, call side of middle shield, just very critical. Uh, we put place the ball in the 40 yard, 40 yards deep on the top of the numbers, aiming spot in the middle of the belly button there. Uh, so the actual calls we'll do, green is green is green. So you can see those. Inside players, green is green. They're always base reach bucket step, who's ever lined in their gap. Green is the punts to the right. The front line blocks your right face mask to face mask on the furthest man in your gap. Because you've already drilled this, they should already know to squeeze your big toe. They should know your hands should be on your thigh boards. Your elbows should be sewn to your jerseys. And all their thinking is run out of my stance, get my face mask to the face mask of the furthest man in my gap. Back side end bucket, which we talked about. So if you're looking at that left end there, he's got to cut off that C gap. The D defender, because we have a three-hour split, I'm not worried about the D defender getting to the black point. Shield's going to hold the hold your ground and know where the launch point is. That's the right hip of the middle shield. Punter's going to place the ball 40 yards deep on the top of the numbers to the right. Now let's check out uh, this look here. So the first one I want to point out is, 
Let's look at number three to the left here. It's their left tackle. Watch his first step. He gets it up, but he doesn't gain any ground. Because he doesn't gain ground, he's not able to get his face mask across the face mask of the furthest man in his gap. And then you look over again. Let's look at the left or the right guard. 15, I'm looking at. Watch his step. So he doesn't step at all. He shuffles and opens. So these are the things that just just because the ball might travel 40 yards and hit the top of the numbers, it does not mean you it was a clean punt look. So the front line steps, I don't it doesn't matter if the ball looks great. You got to make sure you're paying attention to those and always drawing that because that is important. Um, just more stuff for the for the shield here, just the installation too. So we keep our shoulders square and our elbows sewn to our jerseys, our hands are up, our fingers are out of the way. Again, stuff for offensive line coaches. So your hands are up and your fingers are pointed out, your thumbs are up. You're going to step to contact, punch, and step simultaneously. The middle shield's got to be ready to take on two. His eyes are low. He's going to pitch fork up and through uh, below the eyes of the defender. And then we got our punch and surge. So if we're looking at this, if we go green, that means our right side gaps are open. So our shield nose, we're responsible for greening the right side A gaps. So our left shield nose that he doesn't have an immediate threat to him because he's on the zone side of the protection there or the left side where his where the left guard is going to cut off his defender. But he does know that he is going to have a late rush potentially from either um, the D defender who's either rushing the kick or just securing the kick. So he needs to make sure first off that his inside gap is set. So he'll punch with his right and then surge outside to the left. There's that look there. And then just another look what you've already seen for the shield guys. And then gold, goals, goals, gold, goals to the left now. So for the front line, it's green, positive first step, um, squeeze our big toe, face mask, face mask, first man, our gap to the right, gold is to the left. So now we have two different looks and we have the exact same rules for the front line and for the shield. So all this stuff is the same. Here's a look at gold. Top of the numbers. You can see that his steps are not very clean there. Watch it one more time. As you're looking at look at the left guard from your perspective there, his feet are really wide. See how wide his feet are? Because his feet are so wide, he's not able to get a positive first step, and that's going to hurt his ability to zone block the defender in the gap. All right, so now the great thing about the shield punt is, so you're looking at, at what we do and thinking ours oh, is pretty simple yeah the rules are simple but i have a bunch of different looks we can give you because we worked hard at keeping it simple so green punt uh green out now green is green is green front line is green shield is green out just means the call side and the right end is going to split out to be a gunner um to, to it's just going to have you a chance to get a little quicker down to the turn man free release on the returner um now, eventually, originally, I would say that uh, we had that guy go to the bottom of the numbers on the hash. I'm not as uh, I'm not as nitpicky on that. I tell him to line up for success. I don't want him too close to the formation, obviously, but you also don't want him to be too rich from the sideline because then you're making it easy for the gunner. So bobber numbers is, is a pretty good landmark for that guy, but you can play with that however you see fit. Uh, so gold out is the exact same thing. Gold is gold is gold. Face has face mask to the furthest man in your gap. Squeeze your big toe, hands on your thigh boards. Run through whoever line your gap. Protect inside on the shield. Gold out means call side and splits out. So there's two different looks for you. Open. 
So this is actually my favorite, uh, but it, it does give you a little shorter gap. If you're looking at that top picture, so if you look to the right or to the left side now, it's a little shorter edge. So where gold gold out is a little bit better because your front side end isn't doing much anyway. The back side is a little longer, so your out, your outlook is a little better open from that regard. Uh, but if if you're not getting a rush, you're getting a hold up, or if you're anywhere near the 40s, the, the open look is one of your best ones. Opens talking to both ends. The front line, green and gold. The shield, green and gold. Same rules apply for those guys. You can also go over. Um, so over is only talking to the, the backside end. So green is green is green for the front line. The shield, green over, tells the opposite guy, the left end now to come over. Gold over tells the opposite end to come over. So there's one, two, three, four different looks. All the rules were the same for the front line and the shield. And you're giving teams a couple different looks to have to adjust to. Now, the other thing I like to do out of it is the huddle look. So you can either break the huddle and go right into your green and gold look, or you come into a little huddle there, and then you make them match whatever you do. Yes, they know where shield look. They know that it could be regular green or gold, or they could get out, they could get open, they could get over. So don't, why would you just go in line in one when you get in huddle and make them adjust to you? And you look at the look here. So if they got a rush going on, they might have to adjust. Hey, you got to go take that guy. And then you can go either freeze count, you can go a jet count. So you either stab the ball quick or you're using the clock, getting the jump off sides. The other thing I like to do is just a shift look. So all this is, is just you throw all your players out there and it can be, this is one of three different shifts that we have. Um, and again, you have to be a master at one. Like you can't go right in and do the shift. The, the reason we're able to do this now is because our kids understand exactly what they have to do in every one of the green gold opens. Uh, we'll usually only use about 15 players on it. So they get a lot of reps at it. Uh, so five is, is the best player in our football program, one of the fast players in the conference. So he's all usually going to be on the field as a gunner. And if it's not him, it's going to be one of our other better players that has speed. So we'll line him up there. And then if you look at our front line, guys, our left shield is an offensive line. He's lined a guard there. Right guard is an offensive line. He's lined a guard there. Middle shield is an offensive line. He is aligned at, uh, or right guard is a linebacker. Middle shield is an offensive lineman. Right shield is an offensive lineman. So right off the bat, you're looking at, you got split zone here. You got bubble. You can run speed option to the left and option the, as you're looking at it, to be the right end for them. Aligned our left guard. Uh, you can run the a little bubble or uh, a now over to the right there. Uh, you can run a power look. So there's a bunch of different things you can look, or you can just snap. You can just shift and snap the ball. Uh, so one of the, one of, this is just a look of shifting. Snapping the ball. And then you go right now, we're just in green out. So just one more time for you there. So it gives you a, a lot of different things to do. And again, you're still only green is green is green, gold is gold is gold. You can't lose sight of that. So you have a lot of options, but the rules are the same for the guys. So then, and just one of the face you can run out of it is just a very simple gap scheme here. So we'll just get right into that. Again, you have offensive line. The, the left shield there is an offensive line, so he's going to pull through. And then just down blocking up front. With, a, with the snapper and the right guard. Coach, um, I really like right that. Shield. Huh? I said I really like that. That's the... Yeah, right shield uh, as he just kicks that guy out. And, you know, it's 
if you're looking as an offensive as an offensive coach, there's a million things you can do on this look. And you, you got your speed option there on that end. Uh, you got a slant, the left tackle is usually a receiver anyway. Um, you got an out route, usually the out, outside throws a little bit, inside throws in punt fakes, and then you got the the now over there, the right, or you just snap, shift, and punt the football. So it gives you a lot of different things to do and a lot of different things for teams to prepare for. Um, and, and the other thing is, I think it it, it uh, excites your kids too. Like when you get them a little thing, different things to to work on. Then you see number one there. I mean, this is kid ran a 10-5 in high school in Texas. So getting him the ball in space when it's fourth and two, I like our odds. All right, so the the cadences. So what we used to use, um, I used to call. We used to go, come to line and say overload right, um, green, six four, six four, green green, um, but it doesn't. That I took one word out because it doesn't make any any sense to do that because the, the blocking scheme is not going to change. So make that as simple as possible, green green prime. Um, we have a couple different words we'll use for our snap indicator just to change it up to the game because you don't want them to have a jump as your third punt to know when the when you snap the ball. So you'll call out green, green, gold, gold. Don't matter if it's gold out, open, over. Green is green, gold is gold. So cadences are cadences. And then this is another important one that you have to teach your kids. It's not it's not something you need to do initially, immediately. Just get the fundamentals in first. But you uh, you will be better if you can determine the demeanor of the man lying in front of you. So I guess we'll go right to the pictures here. So a two-point stance, knees bent, way in the front foot, nose over toes, looking like he's running a 40-yard dash. That dude's rushing a kick. So your front-line defender, then you need to be thinking, all right, I'm squeezing that toe. I know this dude's coming. I got to go positive first step. I got to run my side of my stance, and I got to get to the block. Face mash, face mash, for this man in my gap. Um, the other one, three-point stance. So two or three, you can tell. Uh, hand out front, weight high, butt is raised. There's another look at it there. So then hold up demeanor, your man looks like he's trying to block you. This is important because, you know, as I talked about the D-line coach repping your releases, you have to be able to release on the front line. Otherwise, you're not going to get into your coverage. So if you can tell when your man is uh, in a hold up demeanor, two-point stance, feet are square, his, he's head up alignment, his eyes are staring right at you, or he's off the line stemming around looking at you. That is a hold-up demeanor. So, you know, right off the bat, when that ball snapped, you hit him with an arm over, uh, you hit him with a, um, a shrug release, whatever it is that you teach, but you're able to get off that dude and get in your cover. So there's another good look at it there. Those are two dudes that are uh, hands around the knee right there. I mean, the guy is not rushing a kick. All right, so the last thing here, um, right at 15 minutes, good, uh, is coverage. And I, this is something that's important to me. Uh, I, want, I want to be as good of a coverage unit as we can. Now, originally, um, I'll, I'll show you, it'll make more sense in a second. I, I looked at this, I'm like, all right, if it does, it, I wanted it to look exactly like these pictures look, but a coverage unit is not going to look like that. You just have to be able to adapt and adjust, and you can do that when the kids know what and how. So what? Simple. This is pretty much my philosophy on defense and uh, for a kickoff as well. I want you to be aggressive. I want you to take shots in their turner. I am not a breakdown guy uh, that has their purposes, but I just, I want players to not think. I want them to play as fast as they can. I want fanatical pursuit. So everything we do as a defense, we're the same way. It revolves around taking shots and being aggressive. So we want to take our shot, 
casts a net around the returner and converge on the ball. So this is the picture I was just referring to. Uh, the first part of this is landmark 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. You have to fan the field because if you don't fan the field, they're going to pin you on one side and take it to the opposite side. Um, but I was looking at this and I wanted the coverage unit to always look like this, but it, it won't. Like they could very easily double your left end there and he's not out in coverage. So you have to adjust and the drills we have will show you that in a second. And then the how. So the what? Be aggressive, take shots, cast in that conversion of ball. What? Take shots. How? So the left end and the right end are the two best players on your football team. We already talked about that. The receivers, their corners, their safeties, their tailbacks are the fastest players you got. It's our best players versus their best players. They will take a shot and eliminate the vertical return. They don't have to worry about anything. I just want them, same thing we do on kickoff. I want them taking a shot. The long staffer is going to go face off, face front the returner as soon as possible. The left guard and uh, the guards and the tackles will be the next four players to the returner. You can see that picture. They're alley and contain players. They will fan the field and bracket the returner, converge on the ball, uh, take the air out as they get closer. And then the shield and punter, those guys got jobs too. They're going to fan the field and be the last players to the returner. So if you look at the middle shield there, he's going to be to the right side of the ball. The punter is not just going to kick it and look, he's going to punt it and then go to the left side of the returner. So you have a nice blanket coverage unit. Uh, keep the ball on your inside shoulder. So now look at this picture here. Let us start from the beginning there. So you can see these two first players down, take aggressive shots and they miss. Well, good. They miss because now look at the next four. There's nowhere for the player to go because, and our receivers coach is big on this, came to us from Dayton. So he wants to spill, he coached the Gunners. You want to make the uh, returner run right or left, same as you would spill football, make it move right or left so your coverage players can do their job. So let them play fast. Don't let them be afraid to make mistakes as quick as they can down the field and your coverage unit is going to get there. So that's just a great look at shot, shot, and then just taking the air out of the return and everyone is there capturing uh, getting the returner in a capsule. All right, what? The aggressive take shots, the returner, casting that around, converging the ball. So we'll talk specifically about the um, the uh, first the, the guards and tackles here. All right, so you can see this picture here. The um, Your first players down are going to be the ends. The ends are going to take shots or in turn. The next wave of players are going to be your guards and your tackles. So this picture here, you see both ends again take shots on the returner. And then you look at the next four down. There's the two alley players. You're going to see them present themselves right at the 45 now. And then you look outside of them. Those players are going five yards outside of them. So you have two players five yards from the returner, two players ten yards from the returner, and your shield is casting wide. So we'll go left end, right end to the ball players. Win your one-on-one -on -one matchup. Our best versus their best. We've already talked about that. Their job is to eliminate the vertical return and play off of each other. That's them right there. So the drill we'll do for this is the you have to do a reg. This is what I call regular net drill. And you have to install it this way. And then I'll get into what I call stack net which is these players are just taking shots and then simultaneously the next wave of players are, are coming down. But what happens if your left end gets caught up in coverage and he's not the first player down? Well, then your guard might have to be the take shot player and then your left end fills in for him. So everyone needs to know how to do this 
coverage drill first. So these are just the these are just the uh, low left and the right ends there. All right. So the next players down will be the guards and the tackles. Those are the alley players. Or the, excuse me, both guards, alley players. Your your lane is five yards out, so the returner fan the field and gradually take the air out of the return is what I like saying. Keep the ball on your inside shoulder. Now, all this is, is already too many words. I need to shorten this up because if I'm presenting this to kids, they're not looking at anything past our, our my lane is five yards outside the returner. Um, if you're the first player down, take a shot. That's where the stacking will come in. Sometimes the ends are held up and there are shot players. So just to look at these two right there. So our ends have already gone in this picture. The next ones down are our guards. So the guards are five yards, five yards inside and in front. And if we were doing stack net, our guards would go, take shot, shot, and then I would set our tackles right now. So it's a fluid drill. Left and right tackle, your contained players, your lane is 10 yards outside the returner. You're gonna fan the field, gradually squeeze the ball, take the error to the returner. Keep the returner on your inside shoulder. Here's a look at these guys, 10 yards outside, inside shoulder. If those two were the first players down, they go shot, shot, and then the next two would be the alley players, and the next two would be the contained players. That's where your stack net comes in. Snapper, shield, or excuse me, shield, snapper, punter. Um, the snapper will be down with the first guys. The left shield will go contained to the left. Right shield contained to the right. Middle shield fill any gap to the right. Um, and then the punter fill any open gap to the left. So here's a look at those dudes there. They're just going to fan out. I never, ever want them making plays, but they do have to serve a purpose in the coverage unit too. Now there's a couple different um, drills you can do out of this. I've seen people do the, the ring around the, make sure I can. I've seen people do the ring around the rosy look where everyone circles, circles and shoots. And that's a great drill too. This is just the one I felt comfortable with. Um, and I just I want to hang my head on it and be as good as we can at that. Uh, but I, I do think cover is important. We'll drill that a lot. Uh, but the one thing I did learn this first time through doing it is if it doesn't look exactly like the picture, it doesn't matter. It's fluid and it adjusts as long as players know where they got to fit, keep the ball inside and in front. At the end of the day, if they're running, hard to the football you can take shots and you can make mistakes my philosophy and everything i teach in football don't think don't just want you to go play good things happen when you play and run to the ball what questions you got for me oh a couple things coach um and, and this is some stuff that may or may not apply fully to high school guys is uh, how much practice time do you get a day for special teams like what what especially for i mean obviously this for punt but how much time total do you get yeah, uh, that, that's that's the exact same first question I got in the last um, one of these did from actually Coach Donaldson. Um, so we'll do a specialty period every day to start practice. That's a five-minute period where the snappers, holders, kickers, uh, punters will work, and then we're always going to do some type of pod work, whether it's I'll usually get one to two a week for punt, and we're just stepping over towels, we're squeezing our big toe, we're – base reach bucket stepping we're protecting inside out on the shield just got five minutes of, of practice and you got to split that up so i already said our o-line coaches work with the front guys our running back coach work with the shield our receiver coach work with the gunners so you just have to be organized and then just go with, you can get a lot of work done in five minutes you just have to be planned and know and the kids got to know what they're doing how they're doing it when they're doing it and 
you can't drill. You can early, but in the season, you you got to cut it down to 15 guys. If they're on the bus, those are the guys that are going to drill your specialty period. And then we'll, we're always going to get a, a six-minute period um, in uh, in each practice for, for punt. We'll get a six-minute period at least two two times a week, three if I really ask for it. Um, and then we'll just split up our, our, our different special teams groups. Usually we'll get two a day. So I'll, KOR will get one, punt will get one, kickoff, et cetera. Okay. And then how much meeting time do you get? And, what I mean, what is your typical – rhythm of your meeting look like um so I'm, I'm really big on i don't know why i think it's because i, I know attention spans are short so i i'm a seven minute meeting guy like at we'll we'll do um minute we'll do usually one to two we usually go two groups a day um our running back coach coached our pbr team and our uh kor so i'll get seven he'll get seven it's just you gotta if you're doing a 15 minute special teams meeting, the kids are gonna focus for about four. And then the last two, three is, is up to you to gain their attention. And the other thing I'll do is because the iPads, which I had mine, um, iPad Pro, like I can draw, I can take a screenshot of anything, draw lines and who blocks who and where the return is going. So I'll send that to their phones the night before. So you're stealing meeting time without having a meeting. And again, it's only to, it's not to the whole team, it's to 15 kids, or if they make a mistake in practice, screenshot it, draw where they're supposed to go, send it to them. You just got a coaching point done without even having a coaching point. Or go to the KOR meeting with a, a sheet of corrections for the punt team. So while they're setting everything up for KOR, you're going around and handing out sheets of, hey, you missed this block here, you need to do this. Remember, face mess, face mess on this guy. So the limit, the meeting time is limited. I think that's a common misconception is people think you got a whole bunch of time to meet in college, but you, you really don't. I mean, you have a 20 hour rule. You got to fit everything inside there. So you have to be smart with your meeting time. And you got to understand that kids are only going to pay attention for about four to seven minutes. Okay. Um, and then kind of going from there is what is your progression with your staff look like and making sure they're all on the same page and they know what drills are doing. How do you set that part up? Uh, we, when we have staff meetings, I'm, I'm pretty direct on going through, you know, everyone knows how staff meetings are like, sometimes they'll go long and everyone just wants to get out of there. But I just, my first time being a coordinator, um, I don't, I have to make sure everyone's on the same page. So I, I'll over communicate everything. And then, uh, just because I was a, a lifetime GA for what a seven years or whatever it was, I'm pretty good at Visio. So I'll make sure that I send the coaches Visio documents of where they're going to be in the field, what drills they have to do. And then like the key coaching points early in the year, um, just so like squeeze your big toe, hands on your thigh pads, elbows on your jersey so they have a visual. And then it'll be on their practice plan too. Uh, but I just think it's there's really no excuse for not having things communicated great now because – it's just technology is I, I can make you a visio document in 27 and a half seconds of exactly where you got to go with the field diagram and i can put bags on there so it's there's no excuse for not communicating well that's just laziness oh i agree because i i've kind of dabbled with some video visio stuff this well not this offseason last offseason with when all the COVID stuff hit and you're kind of sitting at home with all the weirdness and trying to do classes so i kind of mess with some of that a little bit as well um, in terms of a scout book and scout cards, do you guys still use actual hard book or do you, I, cause some schools I know have gone to like a tablet on the field so they can just kind of go next one, next one. How do you guys handle scout team and scout cards? 
a drama and visio i give an ga and tell them i want them exactly at this place because <laughs> I, it's just like i'll take yeah um when i do my scout report i do it all on the ipad i just i draw it all uh but on the for the practices like i, I don't know i mean it's just it takes me a minute and a half to draw a scout card and visio it's just it's easy and make as big as you just like you would for um, a run play or a pass play i honestly take the exact same template and i just tell them exactly where i want everyone aligned and We'll usually get four, usually four to six kicks in um, per per six minute period. Okay, um, and then I'm all, I'm always curious about this because I, I ask I think I ask everybody that deals with punt in in pregame how how much do you want how much do you monitor your punter warming up in terms of what's too much what's too little especially if they're a younger punter. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a really good question. I mean, I could tell you my my answer of what I think and then I can tell you the answer of after our first couple of games what where I would change it I think those guys are definitely gonna be susceptible to over warming up just like anybody is they want to get on the field and put their headphones on do all that crap um but you you I'd probably say four uh maybe four to six kicks good kicks for punters um I'd probably do this relatively the same for the kickoff guys the good thing for us is we have a, a coach here that was at UCF for um, a GA with him at Missouri. Uh, he was a special teams QC at UCF for two years. So he has all, he's been through the experience that I will soon go through and he's going to see how every kid needs a different warm up. And um, I'm going to lean on him for all that stuff. But my initial thought is err on the side of don't do too much. Yeah. I'll get you coach. And then, um, how do I award this? Um, is there anything, like, when you scout, is there anything specific you look for, like, that's maybe out of the normal or you think is really good? Um, just right before we started here, I was just looking at uh, some KOR stuff. So just the in- initial things I look for on that is where those blocked blocks take place. Usually, like, a lot of landmarks will be 30, 35. Some guys will jump right off the snap. So you have to figure out when those blocks are going to take place. you got to identify the double teams. When I'm watching it with players, um, I always, and everyone says this, but I really do, you got to watch the demeanor of the guy you're playing against. Uh, for If you're on kickoff return, what angles can you take? Can you wash him by? If you're on, if you're on the punt team, you got to look at everything we just talked about, where his hands are when he's rushing versus when he's not. Um, kick point, just because I know how critical it is as a punt team guy, I'm always going to look for where that is. Um, those yeah, those are just the initial things. Every team's different. You're gonna you're gonna see things that just watching our, our second opponent saw some things that were much different about them than the first opponent. So, okay, coach. Well, yeah. I, I I appreciate you coming on. Um, coaches that are listening or watching this, it doesn't really matter. Um, make sure you look in the bio. All of his contact information will be there. Um, it was on at the beginning of the video too, but it was also all be on the bio. Follow him on Twitter. Reach out to him. Coach is a really good dude. Um, also, check out his – I know he did a clinic for Michigan. He's working on doing one for the New York Coaches Association, correct, Coach? Yeah. And then, like I said, we, we are working to get him and several members of their staff on our Ohio Coaches Clinic um, as well. That will be coming up in February, so it's probably a – Around the time this is released, maybe a little bit earlier, but either way, you still sign up for it, um, coaches, because um, 
like I said, we will have a bunch of great coaches on there, but please check out Coach. Coach is, is doing some really good stuff down there at East Illinois. They have a really good staff. Um, their head coach came from Northwestern and is, is slowly building something over there. Um, so thank you again, Coach, and this was another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Thank you.